why did the Torah scroll wear a seat belt? Because it wanted to be a safer Torah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious, huh? Okay. I'm going to give Laffy Taffy a run for their money. We are studying different mitzvah campaigns or mivtsayim that were initiated by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And tonight we're going to talk about the Mivza Sefer Torah, the campaign to procure a letter of one's own in a Torah scroll. This is distinct from the study of Torah, which is another one of the mitzvah campaigns. It's distinct from what we spoke about, I think last month we spoke about uh, the campaign for Torah books, although the campaign for Torah books is related to this campaign because I think we mentioned last month that one of the opinions of how to fulfill the mitzvah of writing your own Sefer Torah is to own Torah books. So we spoke about that last month when we spoke about the campaign to promote an, a, a house full of Torah books. But tonight we're going to talk about the literal Torah scroll, the actual authentic Torah scroll, ink on parchment, the holy Torah scroll, and the whole campaign that led up to, uh, the whole story that led up to that campaign, which is actually a uh, riveting story and, uh, and a history that's not that well known. Um, so maybe we'll just start with a little, uh, like I say, with a little bit of history. Um, the story really starts Yud Aleph Nissen, which is the Rebbe's birthday. And the particular year was Tuf Shin Mem Aleph, 1981. Okay? So spring of 81. And the Rebbe would always fabreng, the Rebbe would always lead a, a gathering in honor of his birthday. At this particular birthday fabrengen or birthday gathering, the Rebbe said he wants to make an announcement. And he asked that first they should sing a happy song. And then they should say L'chaim, and then he's going to make an announcement. And the Rebbe said like this. Less than half a year ago, meaning, meaning prior to this gathering, they launched Tzivas Hashem. Tzivas Hashem literally means the army of God, and that is the youth organization that the Rebbe organized and uh, set forth a vision for, which became the world's largest Jewish youth organization. And uh, it's, it's, it's a club for children where they go on missions and they do different mitzvahs as their missions and then they write in to report that they successfully accomplished the mission and they get promoted and they have different ranks. And uh, that, that's what Tzivas Hashem is. So the Rebbe said that a, a half a year ago we just launched this new group called Tzivas Hashem. Now, Tzivas Hashem is not a geographical group, meaning it, it's not specific to any location. There are members, children who are members of Tzivas Hashem, who live literally on every inhabited continent 
of the world. So it's not like a group in the sense of an actual physical assembly of people who come together in the, in the same space and time. So the Rebbe said that since Tzivas Hashem is, it doesn't ha it's not an actual place or, or actual gathering in space and time, we need to bring the members of Tzivas Hashem together in some way where their unity becomes tangible, where it becomes physically manifest. As I was looking over the, the Fabrengen and, and, you know, preparing uh, this, this class for tonight, it really struck me, I'm just mentioning this as a parenthetical statement, it really struck me that, you know, now more than ever, 1981, I mean, that, that, I, I, I remember 1981, we barely had fax machines, right? So, but today, really, you see, everything transcends physical location. Like, even right now, th this class, there are people on Zoom. I mean, mostly this is, this is from the five towns, but people who are not from the five towns. And then later, this same class goes up on YouTube, and it goes on, on SoulWords, and there are people from all over the world who are watching it in different places and at different times. I mean, a lot of people are here live with us. Some people will watch it 3 in the morning later tonight. Some will watch it a month from now, right? So we really, really know what that means to be part of a group that doesn't have an actual um, space and time. It's a group in the abstract sense that we're all unified for a common cause, but we're not all doing it in the same place, and we're not all doing it at the same time. And the Rebbe said that it was important that there should be that physical aspect to it. So how are we going to bring all the members of Tzivas Hashem together, which really all of the eligible members of Tzivas Hashem are the, every single Jewish child. Every Jewish boy and girl, pre, bar, and bat mitzvah, are, are eligible and are ideally members of Tzivas Hashem. So it's not even practical. Where would we even have this assembly? So the Rebbe said like this, the physical embodiment, the tangible representation of this Unity, this assembly, will be through the writing of a Torah scroll. The Torah scroll is a physical object. The Torah scroll is a physical object. And it will represent the unity of all these children wherever they may be located in this world. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, and I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to take the liberty to interpret how we should apply this to our situation now, but surely it's something to consider, that even when the, the, the airwaves, the technology connects, uh, connect us, but uh, there still has to be some physical, uh, tangible aspect of our, of our unity. At any rate, Regarding Tzivah Hashem, the Rebbe said, we're going to write a Torah scroll. And the Rebbe said, again, remember, this is Yud Aleph Nissen, the Rebbe's birthday. The Rebbe said that we should begin immediately. They should start writing the very next day. And the Rebbe said even where it should be done, the Rebbe said it should, it, it should be in Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel and the Holy Land, specifically in Yerushalayim Yerakadish, in the holy city of Jerusalem, specifically in Iratika, in the old city, within the, the walls of the, the ancient city. And more specifically, in the Tzemach Tzedek Shul, 
That's the, the, the shul, the Chabad shul that's there from uh, 150 years ago. And they should begin the writing immediately. And uh, the very next day, the Rebbe appointed a supervisor for the project, a, uh, a shliach, one of the shluchim that the Rebbe sent to Israel. Rabbi Shmuel Greisman was appointed to be the overseer of, of the project. And from that, from the very beginning of the project, the Rebbe gave very specific instructions about how everything was to go. Um, for instance, for instance, the Rebbe said that the children shouldn't be told which word their letter is. Let me, let me back up and, and explain. I, I, I think I should make it more clear. The idea was that every child should buy a letter. Okay? And that that letter should cost $1. And the point of the $1 was that it was a, a number that was e even, that it could be equal for everyone. Nobody should pay more. No one should pay less. Everyone should have an equal share. Okay? So every child should buy one letter, have their own letter in this Sefer Torah, and by them all having their own letter in this one Torah scroll, so that one Torah scroll would sort of bring them all together um, in that one physical uh, scroll, the actual scroll. So regarding the specific instructions, the Rebbe said, for instance, the children should not know what word they were given. Um, they should only be told what Parsha their letter appears in. Why? Because you see the Rebbe's sensitivity and also the Rebbe's understanding of the psychology of a child. The Rebbe said, you know, some children will be very happy when they find out, you know, they got Breshis, they got Shema, they got, you know, Anoichi uh, Hashem you know. But what if a child gets the Teichicha? What if he gets the rebuke? You know, and, and then he'll feel bad. Or if he gets the name of Balak or something, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll feel ba bad about it. So uh, nobody should know exactly what word they were given, only which Parsha, which Torah portion, the word that their letter is in, is contained in. Furthermore, the letters should be chosen by lottery. It should be done randomly. How, how, how to select which letter each of the registrants should get should be done totally randomly. There should be no, should be no favoritism. Nobody should be able to, you know, have a connection and get, him, get himself a nice, uh, you know, a good letter, a good word that he wants. It should be done randomly. Um, the Rebbe said that the certificate should be issued. There should be a certificate that every child who registers should be given a certificate. And in fact, the Rebbe gave very specific input as to what the certificate should look like. And uh, the Rebbe said that there should be in the four corners of the, of the paper, there should be different images. There should be the, the Kaisel, the Western Wall, in one corner, the Manas Machpelah, which is the, the cave in, in Hebron, where the Aves and Emois, the patriarchs and the matriarchs, are buried. Another corner should be Cave Rachel, Rachel's tomb. And another corner should be the tomb of the Rashbi in Meron. And in fact, there was an early draft, and the Rebbe wanted it changed as far as which of those symbols should be in which corner. And I think uh, he said that Kevarochel should be on the left side and the Kaisel should be on the right side. 
the point is that the Rebbe had very specific interest in all of the details of the campaign. Um, so that was, as I said, Yud Aleph Nissen. And every week, Rabbi Greisman would get a call from Mazkiris, from the Rebbe's secretariat, Binyomin Klein, all of a sudden, would, would, would call and would ask, how many registrants, how many registrants, how many children have purchased their letter in a Sefer Torah? And, and he would clarify, not how many letters have been written, how many children have been signed up? And it was clear that there was a great urgency to this. And that it was very important to the Rebbe to be given the report how many children had signed up. Now, uh, about five weeks later, about five weeks later, Lag Ba'imer, the Rebbe spoke again about the about this campaign, and the Rebbe said something very interesting. Something shocking, even. The Rebbe said that we live in a in a in an age of unprecedented danger. Not that the world is a, is a, is a more violent place necessarily, it, it's clearly not, it's a safer place, but there's an unprecedented danger, and the Rebbe described it. He said, today a deranged person, uh, uh, a, a mentally unstable person can go in a room and push a button and wreak havoc on an entire region of the world. I mean, what the Rebbe was clearly describing was, I mean, some type of technology, some type of modern warfare, um, and the danger of an unstable regime or even an unstable individual having access to that warfare and, God forbid, causing damage that was not possible in previous, in previous uh, generations before this, the advent of this technology. So uh, the Rebbe was speaking about this, describing, like painting a picture of it, and saying, and therefore it's very important that we have all Jewish children unified together in the Torah scroll, and when all Jewish children are unified together in the Torah scroll, this makes the world a safer place. This brings, brings safety to the land of Israel and to the entire world. So, again, a very strange thing, even, even shocking, but clearly the Rebbe's urgency about checking in constantly about how many children have registered, how many children have registered, that this urgency, the Rebbe clearly connected to some type of a threat. I mean, specifically, the Rebbe described the threat of uh, some type of modern warfare. And then the Rebbe said, but the, the, the Sefer Torah, the children's Sefer Torah, will we'll counteract that. So during the, the, the coming weeks, okay, now, now so I said, that's Lag Baimer, that's five weeks after the original launch, which was Yud Aleph Nissen. Over the coming two, three weeks, the Rebbe was pushing, and the Rebbe had said, actually, that we need to finish this before Shavuos. And um, all of a sudden there was this push that it has to be done before Shavuos. Now, Shavuos is uh, 
I mean, uh, Shavuos is 16 days, 17 days after Lag Boimer. So you're talking about two and a half weeks after Lag Boimer. And the check-ins got even more, you know, urgent, where, where Rabbi Klein would be calling Rabbi Greisman in, in, in Eretz Yisrael and checking in. Where are the registrations? Where are the registrations? Erev, Erev Shavuos. Okay? I'm saying the day before, the day before Shavuos. Shavuos is the 6th of Sivan. So we're talking about not the 6th and not the 5th, but the 4th. The 4th day of, of, of Sivan was Shabbos. Shavuos was a Sunday night Monday. Okay? So if Shavuos was a Sunday night Monday, meaning the 6th of Sivan was, was basically Monday, so then Sunday was, was the 5th of Sivan, Shabbos was the 4th of Sivan. So there was a Fabrengen. The 4th of Sivan, which was uh, Erev, Erev, Shavuos, the Shabbos before Shavuos. And the Rebbe spoke again about the great urgency, the great importance of completing the children's Sefer Torah that's being written now in Yerushalayim and that it needs to be finished and that we need to do everything we can that between now and Shavuos we have to register every single child we can. As soon as Yom Tov is over we have to go out, we have to hit the streets, we have to use technology, anything we can do and we have to register as many children as we can. Remember the Rebbe speaking Shabbos and Yom Tov is Sunday night. As soon as Yom Tov was over, that was it. There was a storm. There was a storm throughout the world. Throughout the world, I mean, I, I can tell you this. Mula Azimov, all of a shalom, the shliach in Paris, France, was sitting shiva for a parent at the time. And he got a call from Benjamin Klein, who was calling for the Rebbe, and asked how many, how many children are registered for the, uh, for the Sefer Torah. And uh, Rabbi Azimov was at home because he was sitting Shiva. He was an oval, Le'aleinu. Rabbi Klein said, the Rebbe needs to know now how many children in Paris are registered for the Sefer Torah. Rabbi Azimov said, I, I don't have the papers here at home. The papers are in the office. I, I'll send somebody immediately to go get the papers. And they, they brought, they went to the office and they brought the papers from the office to the Shiva that Rabbi Azimov should be able to give a report immediately, immediately to the Rebbe how many children in Paris have been signed up for the Children's Sefer Torah. So there, there was an incredible urgency, an incredible push. And again, the Rebbe had spoken about this sort of vision of this this, this a madman pushing a button and, and this modern type of warfare, but it was really unclear what exactly was happening, what was brewing. Although it, it was very clear there was something urgent. Well, I will tell you that just a few hours before Yom Tif, everything be became clear. Everything became clear and the world found out what, uh, what Israel had known, Israeli intelligence had information that Saddam Hussein was in the final stages of plutonium enrichment and uh, building a nuclear reactor and was on the verge of a nuclear bomb. Now, 
we all remember the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. Remember back, in, it was in 1990, how Saddam Hussein shot Scud missiles into, into Israel. He had, he had missiles that were able to, that he, he shot missiles that landed in Tel Aviv. Can you imagine, could you imagine, I don't even want to finish the sentence. So, it was hours before Yom Tif, there was this daring operation. They flew the F, I think they were F-15s. They, they were, you see here how the Jews fight, by the way. You see here the value of, 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 of life. To be able to fly to Iraq, bomb the nuclear reactor, and get back, you had to fuel up. There was not enough fuel to go fly there and fly back. But there was no place to stop to fuel up. So they, when one of these F-15s takes off, it uses up a huge amount of, uh, of, of jet fuel just to start. Just to start the, the engine, it sucks up a bunch of jet fuel. So what they did, it was crazy. They started the, 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 the jet engines. And after they started it, while the engines were running, they pumped more fuel into the jets. So I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's like putting more fuel, <laughs> like, like leaving the, 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 what do you call it, the gas cap off of your car. Okay? And they were shooting more fuel into the, into the tank after the engines had started so it would have enough fuel so that it wouldn't be a suicide mission, God forbid. So that they, the pilots... I mean, they, they would have gone. They would have gone to sacrifice themselves and, and to, stop, to stop Saddam Hussein from having a nuclear bomb. But they, they would have given their lives. But you see how Jews value lives. And, and they pumped extra, extra jet fuel into the, the jets on the tarmac as they were taking off so that they would have just enough fuel to get to the nuclear reactor, to do the bombing, and to fly back. They flew there. It was the afternoon. The sun was shining off the dome. There was a dome there of the nuclear reactor. So because of the sunlight, you know, in the, in the afternoon, the sun is shining, uh, you know, sort of straight on. So it was glimmering off the, the dome. They were able to see it. They spotted it. Boom. They bombed it right before Yom Tif, literally right before Yom Tif. And at that moment, it became clear to anyone who had been following since Yud Aleph Nissen and Lag Boimer and Erev Erev Shvuas, the urgency, what the Rebbe was talking about. So, like I said, this is a, a riveting story and a, and a history that's not so well known. So it's, uh, it's an honor for me to be able to tell it in hopes that you'll hear it, you'll repeat it, you'll relate it to others, because I, I don't think a lot of people realize um, all that background. Now, uh, I wanted to share with you you see here, this is the registration form. And they have it in many, many languages. In about a dozen different languages, they have this form. But you see here, I have a letter in the children's Sefer Torah. And talks about who can buy. This is for children under 13 and 12, boys under 13, girls under 12. How much does it cost? It's a symbolic cost of $1. Um, and here is a, 
Here's what this certificate looks like. This is the registration form, but the certificate that you get looks like this. And you see here in the certificate how you have the Kaisalamairavi on the top right, Kevarochal on the left, Maras Machpela on the bottom right, and the Tzian Rashbi on the bottom left. And there it has the name of the child. So here they, they gave a name, Yaakov Yisrael, is the name of the child or the hypothetical child here. And it says here that he has an ois besefer bereshis, parshas bereshis. So in, in this hypothetical certificate, they show you the book of the five books of Moses and the parsha, which parsha he got, which Torah portion, like we mentioned before, but not the exact, uh, not the exact word. So now I just want to share with you a little bit more about the concept of a communal sefer Torah. This, this, the basic idea about uh, people buying a letter and sharing jointly in the mitzvah of uh, writing the Torah scroll. What I'm about to tell you is based on a sicha from Lakute Sichas, the, the Rebbe's edited talks from Chelik Chov Dalid. That's uh, chapter, or, or rather volume 24. And it's a sicha from Parshas Vayelech, the second sicha Vayelech. Why is it a sicha from Parshas Vayelech? Because in Parshas Vayelech is where you find the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah. Vayelech is one of the very last parshas of the Torah, and it's talking about the last day of Moshe's life. And on the very last day of, of Moshe's life, he commands the, the Jewish people, and, uh, and he tells them, Viato, and now, Viato, and now, write for yourselves this song. This song. What's the song? Okay, in immediate context, it means the song of Hazinu, right? That uh, appears in juxtaposition with uh, Parshas Vayelech. But um, on a broader, in a broader sense, it means the entire Torah which contains this shira, this song. So, viato, and now, write for yourselves this song, is Moshe giving his last will and testament on the last day of his life, telling the Jewish people, you now need to write a Sefer Torah. And in fact, in the Rambam, in Maimonides, in Mishnah Torah, Hilchah Sefer Torah, it says over there, chapter uh, 7, uh, paragraph one. Mitzvah essay I'll call Ish Veishmi Yisrael Lichtei Sefer Teira LaAtzme. It is a positive commandment upon every Jewish man to write his own Sefer Torah, as it says Shenama, like it says, and then it quotes our verse. Viato kisvul lechemes hashira, like Moses told the Jewish people on the last day of his life. Write for yourselves this song, meaning the entire Torah scroll in which the song appears. Um, 
and the Rambam elaborates. Kleimar, that means to say, Kis v'lachem, write for yourselves, Torah sheyesh ba shirazu, the Torah which contains within it this song. Why do we, how do we know it means the entire Torah? Lefisha in kois v'nes parshias parshias. Because you don't write the Torah with one snippet, with one parsha. So if you're supposed to write one part, you're supposed to write the entire thing. Okay. At any rate, like I said, what I'm about to tell you is from a sicha, from Lakut HaSichas Chelik Chof Dalid. And uh, I'll tell you the Rebbe's question. It's a very, very simple question, but once you hear it, it's like, yeah, that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Take, you know, as they say. Um, this was the last day of Maisha's life. Maisha just said, Viato, and now. So clearly, this was something that needed to be done right away. There was a, there was a, it was a matter of urgency. You tell me, how are you going to write 600,000 Torah scrolls? You ever seen when a shul starts writing a, a Torah scroll? You know, it's a project that could take a year. Even if they have funding. Even if they have all the money up front, it could take a year. 600,000 Torah scrolls, we're going to write them in one day? Because it's the last day of Moshe's life. And Moshe said, Viato, and now, now you got to do it. It's not even possible. How are you going to even assemble enough parchment and ink to write 600,000 Torah scrolls in one day? Furthermore, let's say we, 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 we accept the fact it's not possible to finish it. Okay, you couldn't finish it. Well, you, could, you could start it. You couldn't even start it. You couldn't even start 600,000 uh, Torah scrolls in, in one day. Is everybody a, a scribe? Being a, a scribe is a, is, a, is a special talent, a special skill. So you think all 600,000 Jewish men were, were scribes? And if you're going to say, well, you can make a shliach, right? You could appoint uh, a shliach, an emissary. You could deputize somebody to do your mitzvah for you, right? Yeah, yeah, you could. But <laughs> who? Who are you going to appoint? The scribe himself has to write his own Sefer Torah today. And now you're going to appoint him that he should write yours, and there are more people than scribes. So, it, on a practical level, it just doesn't make sense how in the world they complied with that commandment and with the way Moshe expressed it. And now, and now, write for yourselves this song, meaning the entire Torah in which appears the song. So how are we supposed to understand this? So I'll tell you what the Rebbe explains. And uh, it's astounding. The Rebbe says like this, Clearly, they couldn't finish 600,000 Torah scrolls in a day. They couldn't even start 600,000 Torah scrolls in a day. And they didn't. The answer to this question is that when you own one letter, even one letter in a Torah scroll, 
It's considered as if you did the mitzvah of writing the entire Sefer Torah. When that Sefer Torah has, is, is complete and has all the letters, even though you only have one letter, it's as if you did the entire mitzvah. So when Moshe said, Now, write for yourselves. What did they do? They immediately began writing a communal Sefer Torah. And it's really a, I think, a very uplifting, very encouraging idea that when we do a communal Sefer Torah, you know, who among us is, is capable, who, who has the talent, let alone the time, to write an entire Torah scroll? But, you know, you, you buy a letter in a Torah scroll. When we do that, when a community comes together and, and, and everybody buys one letter, that's not just symbolic. Um, that you're, we're actually doing the mitzvah. Not only are we doing the mitzvah in an acceptable way, but we're actually doing the mitzvah in the authentic, original way that it was done the very first time. The very first fulfillment of the mitzvah, of Moshe Rabbeinu's mitzvah on the last day of his life. Write for yourselves this song, meaning this Sefer Torah, the way it was performed, is as a communal Sefer Torah. Very powerful idea. Now, I will mention to you, regarding the children's Sefer Torah, children are not obligated in mitzvahs. We are obligated to be mechanech them, to educate them, to train them to do mitzvahs, but they are not yet obligated in mitzvahs. So, it's interesting, regarding that children's Sefer Torah that was written um, in 1981, and by the way, I should mention to you, that I think they're on the seventh now, because as soon as they finished the first one, there was actually a Siyam, uh, Siyam Sefer Torah on Chof Av that year, at the, at the Tzemach Tzedek Shul, and then they danced at the Kaisel, and then they went back to the Tzemach Tzedek Shul. Um, so that was Chof Av, that was the end of the summer that year. And then immediately at the Siyam, they made a Haskala. Actually, the, the Rav of Crown Heights, Rabbi Zalman Shimon Dvorkin, he went out and he wrote the last ice and he wrote the first ice of the second children's Sefer Torah. And they're now currently on the seventh, on the seventh Sefer Torah, which is being written right now in the Tzemach Tzedek Shul, the same, same location where the previous six were written. And you can, you can sign up, you can still sign up for it right now. If your children do not have um, a letter in the, in the children's Sefer Torah, you go to kidstorah.org, K-I-D-S, T-O-R-A-H dot org, and you can sign them up right now. Uh, but at any rate, so I was saying, that first Sefer Torah, how was it done? I told you that Rebbe was very meticulous about the instructions, how everything was to be done. One of the things that Rebbe did was make sure that there should be a minion of men who were adults who also had letters in that Sefer Torah. And that minion included the rabbis who were involved in the project as well as the scribes. There were a couple of scribes who were involved in the project. And, and the idea being that it should be a communal Sefer Torah, it should be you know, a minion, a group, but they have to be adults that form that group because the children don't really have their own 
biblical obligation to do the mitzvah yet, right? So the Rebbe wanted that the children should be united in the Sefer Torah, but at the same time, it has to be a real Sefer Torah, meaning if the Sefer Torah is written by someone who's not obligated, well, you're going to say the scribe is obligated. Yeah, but if the scribe is acting as the emissary for the children, the children aren't obligated, so it's a little bit problematic. So what did the Rebbe do? He arranged that there's a minion of adults who are part of the group who also had bought letters in the Sefer Torah. So by, by the virtue of their uh, being in the group, so you have adults who are obligated in the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah, appointing the, the scribe on their behalf to write the Sefer Torah. And now once you have the Sefer Torah being written in the, as the fulfillment of an obligation for, a, for an adult who is obligated, now you can bring in all the hundreds of thousands, Canaan Hoda, children who are also added to that, to that Sefer Torah. Um, so it's uh, just uh, an interesting halachic technicality there. It's more than a technicality, obviously, it's an essential point. I will, uh, I'll share with you one, one last idea before we wrap it up here tonight, and that is that throughout that, uh, that period of time, starting Yud Aleph Nissen and through Lag Weimer and through uh, the Shabbos before Shavuos, when the Rebbe was stressing the urgency of the Sefer Torah for children, the Rebbe would refer to a verse from the book of Daniel, from Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, he's talking about messianic prophecies. One of the things it says there is, Uva'es hahi, at that time. It's talking about uh, a time in the future, a time that existed in the future after, long after Daniel. Yamid mechoil, hasar hagodol. The great minister, the ministering angel, Michael, the archangel, is going to stand up. The one who stands beside your people. Malach Machoel is a, a champion of the Jewish people. He fights on behalf of the Jewish people, defends them. And it will be a time of distress. Asher that never was since this nation came to be, meaning the Jewish people. There was never a time like this for the Jewish people. And what's going to happen? Your nation will escape. They will be rescued. They'll be saved. All those who are written in the book. All those who are written in the book. And the Rebbe stressed during that time that the commentaries, some of the commentaries explain, what is this Sefer? It's the Sefer Torah. And what does it mean, Kosuv Basefer, that a Jewish person is written in the book? It means to have a letter that was written on your behalf in the Sefer, in the Sefer Torah. So that by having a letter, your own personal letter, in a Sefer Torah, you are securing your own safety. A, uh, an escape from any hardships, which God forbid may be at a, at a time of crisis, at a time of upheaval. At any rate, I will conclude by saying this. After the success of the children's Sefer Torah, which, as you know, as I mentioned, is continuing to this day. You could still get in on it if you haven't. 
people came to complain to the Rebbe and they said, hey, what about the adults? So the Rebbe said, I like that complaint. And the Rebbe publicly said, since the adults want to get in on it too, they should also participate in a Sefer Torah which unites and combines many Jews. So uh, actually since then there have been many, many Sifre Torah, many unity Torahs. There's unity Torah that was just started this year. Um, that I, 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 believe, I believe you could still uh, buy in on. And uh, what's important is that you participate, you actually lend financial participation so that you're actually um, taking part in the mitzvah and uh, you have your letter, you have your letter. It doesn't matter if you know what your letter is, by the way. It's a nice thing, you know, the children should know which parsha their letter is. You don't have to know where your letter is. Uh, you don't have to be present when it's done, but you have to, uh, like any mitzvah, you know, there has to be some participation. So if you don't physically do it yourself, the best thing is to appoint the shliach. And when you appoint the shliach and you pay the shliach, then it's serious business, then it's, it's ironclad. It's certain that this person is doing it on your behalf. So I encourage anybody, if you haven't gotten your own letter in the Sefer Torah, or if any of your children don't have letters in the Sefer Torah, you can go online right now as soon as we're done right here and, uh, and take care of that. Uh, I want to I mention again that tonight is part of a series. This is all in memory of Dina Lea Rosenzweig, Allah Shalom, and all of the learning we're doing tonight, as well as all the mitzvahs we do because of the learning, should all be in her merit. And uh, again, this is such an easy mitzvah to take care of, so go ahead. What are you waiting for? Go uh, sign yourselves up, sign your kids up.